0: All right. Good morning. It is a missions-focused Sunday. We do these after a missionary prayer night Tuesday. So there'll be about six of them throughout the year. Um, I'll be up here today and we'll have some other people that'll come in and you'll get missions trips updates and teaching on missions and various things on these Sundays as we work our way through the year. So it's exciting. As you can see, I have a simple topic that I want to talk to you about today uh first peter chapter four will be our landing spot it'll take us a minute to get there but very specifically peter tells us to use hospitality and we're going to talk about that in a missions context and uh let me start by saying this i have a a japanese cultural approach to karaoke okay karaoke came up earlier A lot of hands went up and the Japanese see karaoke was born in in Japan and it's a big part of Japanese culture (laughs) and the Japanese cultural approach is different than ours because it says it doesn't matter if you can sing. It's about community. It's about fellowship. It's about coming together and having fun. And some of you might not have raised your hand because you thought I ain't singing in front of nobody. (laughs) That's American. Now you're going to engage in karaoke that's not even an american word so maybe they just maybe you consider taking a missional approach and and taking a cultural approach and saying you know what i sound like someone stomping on crickets when i sing or something i don't even know well hallelujah come on out uh the international students will cheer for you the americans won't but the international students will and that'll be a good time. Okay. I take that approach. Do you guys do karaoke in Kenya? Is it popular? Yeah. Do you do karaoke in Kenya? Hallelujah. Bring it. She's bringing it to America too. All right. Okay. Something very simple, something very practical uh, today in terms of missions, um, but something very necessary as well. All right, Uh, I'm going to give you some simple teaching and then hopefully it will get done in time where we can just get in groups and talk about this for a few minutes as well. Let's start with the wildest possible verse on this topic. There's not a whole lot of verses specifically on this uh, topic using the word, but here's maybe the craziest verse uh, in the Bible around the concept of hospitality. Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby, some have entertained angels unaware. That's a wild idea. That uh, there are strangers that we, or or at least they, had interacted with. And what Peter is saying, or I'm sorry, Paul is saying here, this is Hebrews, we're not to Peter yet. Uh, He's saying, when you've had interactions with strangers, and what you didn't know is that those were actually angels that were here on the earth. And so that gets you looking back over your life and thinking, well, what, you know, we always think about it like, what about that homeless guy that was asking for money? and I didn't give him any. Was that really an angel? And, you know, and then you get to heaven, you find out it was and you're like, oh, man, maybe I should have. Um, but this is interesting because this means that hospitality is one of the places where the natural and the supernatural intersect and interact with each other. Right. When we think about the, the natural and the supernatural interacting, we think about, well, prayer. Obviously, that's a place where the natural and the supernatural interact. I, as a natural man, can pray to the supernatural God, and I can see response. I can see answered prayer. That's a supernatural act coming from a natural act of communication. Worship would be a similar idea where worship can engage the the spiritual with the with the physical. But what God is telling us is that hospitality goes far beyond just being nice to somebody because they're a body. He's saying he might be being nice to somebody because they're they're actually an angel. Now, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that and try to figure it out. And I'm not going to give you ways to figure out, like, 10 ways to know if that guy is an angel. Undercover angels, how to find them. Um, Let me me do a quick glance. I don't think any of them are here today. No offense, y'all. Just looking around, I don't see any. So you're not sitting by one today, but as we work our way through, you'll, you'll find out you'll, you should still be kind to the person next to you, even if you don't think, oh, wait, even if you know they're not an angel. Those are the ones that are hard to be hospitable to, right? Like if you knew that there was a supernatural being walking down the street and asking for some water, you'd be like, yes, sir, I'm going to get you some water. But it's that guy you don't really like at work that's hard to be hospitable to. You're like, I know he isn't an angel because I hear what he talks. Right. All right. Let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, we do thank you for uh, the opportunity to open your Word this morning. We pray that you would guide us and lead us and, and help us to to love our neighbors and be hospitable as as uh, Lord as you instruct. But uh, that we would be open to missions in that way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Romans chapter twelve. Verses 9 through 13, Paul gives us some instruction on hospitality, and he tells us this. Let love be without dissimulation. That's a big word for hypocrisy. Don't be hypocritical in your love. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another, not slothful in in business, uh, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. So here's Paul's instruction to us, the local church, and it begins with this idea of love. Love is the overarching theme here. And and then he ends up with this idea of being given to hospitality, which tells us this. Number one, love that is biblical is love that is hospitable. To truly say that you love somebody will require you to be hospitable towards them in some way. Because that's what Paul's doing here in these verses in Romans 12. He's given you characteristics of love. You have to hate that which is evil and you have to cling to that which is good. And we've talked about those ideas. You have to, you know, c- brotherly love and preferring others. We get how all of that is, is love. But he ends it with distributing to the necessity of the saints. and. Being given to hospitality. So therefore, hospitality is a component of biblical love. And if you're not hospitable, you guys are good at math equations, right? Then you're not loving. At least you're not practicing biblical love. So the instruction to the church is to be given over to hospitality, which means if anyone's going to be known in the whole on the face of the planet. If anyone's going to be known for their hospitality, it should be us. It should be the church. It should be faith fellowship. It should be those who have the God who is love dwelling with them. And, you know, I'll say as a whole, when you get the opportunity to travel and to visit other cultures and you look at, uh, you know, the, the U.S. American culture and you compare it against other cultures in the world, we're not exceptionally hospitable. Maybe in the Midwest we are more so than broader America. Uh, we still pride ourselves on being hospitable, but we're not. Uh, you know, we lived in Pakistan for about five years. Pakistan is is uh, far is far better at practicing hospitality than America is. And you go, well, I thought they killed everybody and blew each other up. Well, they do that too. I mean, there's some of that. They're they're extreme. There they are the extremes. Yeah, I mean, those people aren't very hospitable. <laughs> that guy who showed up and said you can go you can go back to america or you can go to jail that wasn't very hospitable the guy who told me that but everybody else generally i would say as a whole that culture is more hospitable than our culture we we uh you know have developed ways and to to keep to ourselves and to care about ourselves and and we are mostly concerned with ourselves. and uh you know i think this too is a product of obviously of, of maybe of technology as it grows but i think it's a uh, a device of satan as well to give us ways that that are designed to keep us separated from people we don't have to have real human interaction we don't have to have real people interaction we can work from a distance we can see people from a distance if the only way i ever see people is on a screen we're like that you know that's we're okay with that now we're, we're raising a generation of people uh you know that love that, that love this idea of being separated but we have an instruction to be hospitable. So if we say that we have love, but we're not hospitable, then we're hypocrites. And we actually are practicing love with dissimulation, which Paul said, let our love be without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. So to say, I love you, but you're never welcome to be like be around me. (laughs) I love you, but you cannot come to my house. (laughs) I love you, but uh, I will not share a meal with you. I love you, but we aren't drinking coffee together. Well, you're a hypocrite. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at Paul, all right? Okay. First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So now Peter has given us the same type of instruction where we're instructed to use hospitality. So that broadens this idea a little bit uh, of hospitality. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But he, he, he frames this by saying the end of all things is at hand. When we get to the end times, when we're getting to the end of the world, when we're getting to that place where the end of everything is coming, here are three things that you need. And I'll plot it up there on the next slide for you. Three things you need in the end. Sobriety, watchful prayer, and hospitality. It's kind of an interesting list to me. Sobriety makes sense because that comes up a lot in the Bible. God warns us about being sober, not just uh, free from alcohol, but free from anything that would cloud our judgment and take our mind and, uh, and get our, our hearts and our minds off of Christ. And then, of course, watchful prayer makes sense. Prayer is a big one in the Bible, but uh, Peter makes it a little more specific when he says it has to be watchful prayer. You have to be engaging in prayer. You need to pray with intention. You're you're praying with your eyes open, looking for an answer. You're praying, expecting God to move. And then in the same list, with sobriety and watchful prayer, it's, it's hospitality. In the last days, be hospitable. It's almost as if Peter knew something about the last days, even though he lived 2,000 years ago. Perhaps the one who was guiding him knew that this would be a necessity uh, and a very specific instruction that would be needed for us and for our people. So, uh, watchful prayer, by the way, side note, quick invitation. Uh, every other friday morning we have a men's uh prayer uh gathering we we get together on zoom uh, at five thirty in the morning and we pray and we and I, and I pray that we're doing watchful prayer we pray most of the time most specifically for souls we're getting together we're praying for evangelistic opportunities. so uh men uh it is we are in the last days and here's a good opportunity for you to engage in one of the things that god has called you to so if you haven't been able Uh, and if you are capable you know some of you are at work at 5 30 i get that but if you're able hey uh, reach out to nathan murray he'll get you connected every other friday morning we're doing that right so again you see that hospitality is is tied to love as it was in romans uh chapter 12 now again it's tied to love and now you see that hospitality can be used is what peter tells us only use hospitality so hospitality itself is a tool If we know how to rightly wield hospitality, then we have just added a very important tool to our mission's agenda. Hospitality is actually a tool for the mission. Do you guys know that? Yeah. So being intentional with hospitality is a means of setting up intentional opportunities for the gospel or to minister. So I can, I can be a minister, I can be a missionary to those around me by using hospitality. I can invite my neighbors into my house and it, it literally opens doors oh, hey, yeah, hi, come in, come in. I have to literally open a door and bring someone into my house. And if I'm watchfully praying and intentional, you know what that will do? That will spiritually open up doors as well. People come into your house or maybe your neighbor has invited you into their house. That is an opportunity to either practice or receive hospitality. And if we're we're Christ-minded, and we're seeing that's an opportunity to be missional. You know, because... We see people then passing spring spring's coming today. Uh, so winter will be back in a couple days, but then spring will come again on Friday. And then we're getting into that time of year where, you know, people start walking their dogs again and you get out and we'll pass people in the neighborhood while we're walking. And it's, Oh, hi, how are you? It's real quick, right? I, you know, it's superficial, but when someone comes into your house and sits down at your table and shares your food and sits on your couch and, and you guys get to spend that time together. Barriers come down. Conversation gets real. People start to talk about life and struggles. We share um, the house right next to us. We have a, a wooden fence between us, but both of our decks are kind of tall, so we see each other. Well, we say, hey, neighbors, we talk to our neighbors all the time. And over the fence, it is that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's very simple, but uh, my wife has had the opportunity to be intentional about. Interacting with with the uh, the lady over there, the husband is a little less friendly. Not, he's, he's not mean. He's just he's very quiet. That's a good word. I'm not trying to say that he he doesn't want to be my friend. I'm just saying he doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> it's because he doesn't know me yet. He would want to talk to me. His wife talks to me all the time. She's very outgoing, so she's easy. So you know, so Rosie's. Say, well, hey, let's, uh, they, they went out the other day. They said, let, we, let's go to this, what, what is it called? Just between, just between Friends. It's a kid's clothing consignment sale. Hey, why don't you come with me? They've got a little kid named Julian, coincidentally. Uh, he's about one and a half. Huh? Spelled the same. She said, let's, you know, let's, let's go uh, shop for kids clothes together. I'm not bringing them into my house, but even this little thing is a small act of hospitality. I'll drive. Let's go. Let's go shopping together. And why? Uh, well, because we need clothes. I mean, it has a practical uh, advantage to it, but then I get the opportunity to spend time with you and talk and see if we can open up. And hopefully that, that bridge a relationship where they will come into our house, both of them, all three of them, and we can sit down and we can eat together. If others invite uh, me over Uh, want to be hospitable they're not you know what you guys if you're getting invited over by your neighbors uh, you should take advantage of that if somebody wants you to come into their house try to make time for that even even if you're an introvert even if going to someone else's house and spending time two or three hours talking with someone you don't even know sounds awful well, God didn't, didn't separate that out in Scripture. He didn't be like, so extroverts, you have to be hospitable. Introverts, y'all get to stay in the kitchen and just uh, cook something and never be seen. That's okay. God didn't give us that instruction. In fact, he might have given us the opposite instruction when, when, when somebody tried to pull that one. She, she's like, God, Jesus, tell my sister to get in the kitchen. And Jesus said, it's better to actually be at my feet and in this community, okay. Also, this is an interesting thing here. in, in, in this First Peter 4, 7, back up one slide. Let's get first, pers- maybe it's two. Put that verse back up, please. One more. Um, Use hospitality one toward another without grudging. Catch that last part? This is what I was going to point out now. Uh, t- this is like the, um, parents love Philippians 4, 2, 14. Parents love Philippians 2.14. You're shaking your head. You know you tell. I tell it to my kids. You tell it to your kids. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. This is like the adult version of that. God gave you one of these too. Because we go around saying it to our kids all the time. And God said this to all the adults. He's like, so you're the adult. You need to be hospitable. And you know how? Without murmuring and disputing. <laughs> Introverts. Uh, God goes, uh, don't, you don't get to sit and complain about it. Oh, my husband. I'm more outgoing than my wife. I'm i'm just saying i'm more extroverted than my wife i'm not saying she complains i'll tell you the opposite in a minute i'm just naturally i you know i'm i'm like can we have someone come over every friday every wednesday you know every and she's like no (laughs) there's practical reasons to that we need to balance this thing but she doesn't get to you know to murmur and complain "My, my, my, my husband always all these opportunities invite people over right um this is the adult version of that don't do it with murmuring and disputing whether you feel like you're naturally inclined to it or not take the lord's heart and let him lead you in that bring the right heart into your hospitality so let me give you an example um when we were in, in in pakistan it is a very hospitable culture very different though as well Uh, The men and the women, if you were to go to someone's house, they're always separated. Uh, So that that comes from the Islamic, um, you know, uh, kind of overview of the country, the Islamic perspective. So you would go into a house and actually every house is built with a special like man's room. We talk about the man cave in America down in the basement, but it's like right up there. It's front and center. It's prevalent. It has a private entrance. Like if I were to go visit uh, a Muslim friend in Pakistan, I could go into this private entrance and never see his wife or his kids it's like the men would go in there and you do do whatever you want you hang out and you talk Uh, they would smoke hookah or you know whatever okay um so we would go occasionally over to a friend's house i remember one time in particular after church i'd met a taxi driver and we went to his house because he lived real close to our church and when you would go in uh and that means immediately you're split Like I go into this room with all the men and all the brothers and the cousins, like all the uncles and then Rosie and the kids, they all go to this other room. And it's it's like the women and all the children. It means 100 percent of the time. If we go out, she's responsible for the children. I have no responsibility for my children. I couldn't even take care of my kids if I wanted to, because I can't go in the in the women's room. Right. And so it's like it's divided. Um, And and she, Rosie, you know, I I would say that's not uh, naturally where she's the most comfortable. But without grudging and for the, the sake of, of what God had called us to do, embrace that and, and, and love that role, even though that's not naturally her. We would go and she would, we'd, and there's no such thing as a quick visit. It, you know, it's like, it's a four hour lunch, but then you got to get some tea. So that's going to take another hour and a half. Like it's going to be half your day. And she's, she embraced it and she loved it. She, she was the example of a true help meet for the ministry as I had the opportunity just to sit and talk with guys for hours. And you know they got to wrangle kids. And you know, sometimes we'd go to these things and they'd go to like one o'clock in the morning and the kids are sleeping on the ground, like on a pile of coats, they're passed out. And you know various things that happen in different cultures and in different situations. But hospitality provided us opportunities to get into people's homes and to meet and to share the gospel with them. Okay. Um, so there you go. If I looked at you at the wrong time and you felt offended, don't be. But also I would say this, know your spouse, husbands. So if you walk out of here today and you're like, okay, good. Now listen, or, or wives, it could be vice versa. Sometimes the wives are more outgoing and the ones who want to host everyone. Listen, know your spouse though. Um, you need to maintain a, a right balance between protecting my, your spouse's heart and also being obedient to the mission. So I'm not gonna go home and start dictating, oh, Pastor James said, Peter said, Paul said, Bible says, people are coming over tonight. And she's like, tonight? Love your wife too, okay? Or your husband. Talk about it. Now, let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses one and two. This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. This is a pastoral office. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So uh, specifically, those of us who are pastors, one of the characteristics, one of the requirements of the bishop, of the pastor, is that you're actually given to hospitality. God puts such a high uh, premium on this character quality. He says, if you are going to be a pastor, a shepherd, you need to be given hospitality. People should know of your hospitality. So it's a it's a role that that some of you may be aspiring to. Some of you may be thinking, maybe God's leading me to be a a, a pastor or a shepherd. That's one of the half of the vision of of the class is to train people into a shepherding role. Well. For some of you, that means you're going to have to be intentional about growing in your role as a, as a, a, a practitioner of hospitality. And we were just looking a minute ago about how, uh, you know, hospitality can open up doors for the gospel. So that means that both shepherds and evangelists are going to benefit from being good at using hospitality. Shepherds are required, but it's going to open doors for evangelists, too. So if you're here and you're engaged, you're bought into a faith fellowship and you're bought into the vision and, and mission that, that we're a part of through Midtown Baptist Temple and, and what Dell has been casting before you to train shepherds and evangelists. And that, by the way, involves all of you at some level, then you want to be engaging in hospitality. Titus 1 says the same thing. The bishop should uh, you know be given to hospitality. So he also says this um but a lover of hospitality a lover of good men sober just holy temperate there it is it's on the screen for you if you are a lover of hospitality then you will not be the things that uh, also come up in these verses you will not be self-willed you will not be soon angry you will not be given to filthy lucre so actually a heart for hospitality will protect you from some of the wicked sides of the natural man Natural man is self-willed. But if I love self first, then it's going to be really hard for me to practice hospitality. The natural man uh, wants to keep resources for myself. But that's going to be really hard to do when I practice hospitality. When I start practicing hospitality, I see my money differently. I no longer love filthy lucre or, or, or can, can think about only saving my money for myself my resources now become a tool as well and something that i learn how to use to invest in others by the way first timothy chapter five verses nine and ten where it gives the qualifications for a, uh, a a biblical widow uh she has to be 60 years old having been the wife of one man well reported of uh for good works if she brought up children if she has lodged strangers To be a biblical widow and to be brought under the, you know, the care of the church, you had to have practiced hospitality throughout your life. One who has lodged strangers, one who has been welcoming to the wayward. So um, whether you're going to be a a shepherd or an evangelist, or if you're just going to be a lady who lives long enough, because statistically, you all outlive all of us. Okay, women, you're going to outlive your husbands and you're going to be a widow one day. If you want to be uh, a biblical woman, uh, widow, then you need to love hospitality. And so, uh, uh, and I said this a second ago, uh, but a wrong view of money will hinder your hospitality. So make sure you understand that. When we see money right, we see resources rightly, that will set us free to be better engaged in hospitality. Now, in Luke chapter 11, um, we have a, a story from from Jesus where he starts off in verse one and he's praying in a certain place. And then his disciples ask him, teach us to pray. And he says uh, a version of what we know as the Lord's prayer. And then he says, uh, starting in verse five, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend? And shall say unto him at midnight, uh, which of you having a friend shall go to him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me. And I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not. The door is shut and my children are are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give thee. But I say unto you, though he will not arise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise to give him as many as he needeth. All right. So here's Christ making an example in the midst of how to pray. he, He throws in this example of hospitality. It's midnight and your neighbor comes to you and is like, I need three loaves of bread because my friend just showed up. Their flight just landed. They're hungry. Help me feed them, and uh, and you're like, bro, I'm in bed. I'm I'm in my PJs. In this case, it's like I they had this family bed. You don't have to practice everything that the Bible says literally. I, I would not say you have to sleep with your children in your bed. I don't, and I never will. My kids are not welcome, even when they're sick and throwing up. Like throw up in your room. I'll come take care of you. If you do, that's fine, okay? I don't care if your kid's sleep in your bed with you. You decide, but let's not get all uh, emphatic where God's not emphatic. That was what this guy did in the example. Here's what we do see, is that he's willing to get up in the middle of the night and to make some sacrifices because he's a hospitable man. Now, a couple practical things about hospitality. Um... I think there's three ways that we need to be prepared to engage in in hospitality. We need to be personally prepared, meaning our heart, attitude, our mindsets. Do I have a, a willingness, a desire to actually practice hospitality? Do I recognize that this is an opportunity to be uh, missional? Um, it doesn't matter whether or not it's your personality, because God's going to ask us to surrender a lot of things that are outside of maybe our, our natural skill set or our personality in order to follow after him. So are you willing? Uh, Next, we need to be prepared in our preparations. Um, You know, it doesn't matter if you have a big house or a small house. um, Whatever space God has given you, he's given it to you to share. Well, does it need to be fancy? No. Does it need to be clean? That's up to you, right? Some of you would say, you know what, I can never host people at my house because my house is always a mess." Well. Then just get practically prepared and clean your house if you're offended by your mess clean it up and make it a space where you can bring people in i'll tell you this we have three kids in our house and most days it looks like we have three kids in our house and we really live in our house and some of y'all have been to my house and some of you have thought man y'all are kind of messy some days we are and you know what I've decided? I can be hospitable. Personally, I can be hospitable even if my kids didn't pick up their shoes and they threw their sweatshirt on the couch and it's kind of, and you know, it's just like their backpacks are still, out. like things are just kind of everywhere. I, I personally can still be hospitable. Some of you, maybe you can't. You're like, I, if this house isn't clean, I cannot be hospitable. Well, then clean it, work at it or let go of some of that. And say, you know what? We're all people. I want to bring people into my house. And if they're here just to judge my, the, you know, the, way, the way my house looks, then, well, pr- I guess pray for them. But if they're here for a relationship, you know what? We can have a relationship. If you've been to my house and had dinner, I guarantee you my kitchen was dirty. Because my wife just cooked you dinner. Come on. She just cooked you dinner. And you're like, hmm, it was a little, a little messy back there. Food was good, though, wasn't it? <laughs> she cooked you a good dinner. she would take care of you. You come to my house, she would take care of you. You know, the modern version of what we just saw in the Like, knock, knock, knock. middle like, hey, you got uh, three bags of coffee? <laughs> my friend just came. I ran out of coffee. Really, nobody needs bread anymore. we see coffee. Uh, house repairs. We're we're constantly remodeling our house. Does my house have to be clean and perfect? Or can I invite you into a little bit of a mess or even into a work, like a workspace? If you come in through my back door, you know what you'll find on my back deck right now? Uh, My shower and uh, the sheetrock from the wall. I just ripped my bathroom out. My master bathroom is now on my back deck. And you know what? That's okay. I personally will bring you into my house. Now you can't use the master bathroom, but you wouldn't really do that anyway. Uh, but you know, for months, uh, we had people over to our house and our house, we got, we have stairs right there in the entryway with wooden floors, wooden stairs. And for months, we had no hand railings on our sales, stairs, stairs because we were rebuilding the stairs. Anyone who came over with kids, we had to say, Hey, if your kids fall off the edge. I'm just telling you, no, I'm not responsible. <laughs> there is no handrail. If you know your kid's that dumb, you tell them to stay downstairs. I had to give Dell the same warning because he, he tried to jump. And so would my kids. They would be like, oh, I think I can jump from the top floor to the landing. Like, <laughs> you know what? I am still willing to open my house. And I would challenge you to, to, to let go of some of those things where you think everything has to be perfect in order for people to see me. Things don't have to be perfect for people to be able to see you. And then we need to be prayerfully prepared. Are we, are we ready to take this and make this into a ministry opportunity? So, what I want us to do, we got about uh, ten minutes remaining, is I do want us to get into you know small groups and talk through this. If you have a spouse with you, make sure your spouse is in your group, and uh, maybe you need to talk to some neighbors and and just be honest and kind of evaluate. Do I have a heart that's that's given to hospitality? Maybe you want to tell your group I. I don't. Maybe there's some areas I need to let go of. Maybe I'm too much of a perfectionist and a control freak to let people over. Tell tell your neighbor, let them pray for you. Bring that in. Maybe, uh, you know, you just need to talk about um, how to pray for the lost and how to use hospitality as as an opportunity minister. Maybe you want to ask, maybe, you you, you know, you're intentional and you're like, I'm going to get into, uh, I'm going to put Nate Murray in my group and I'm going to ask him, well, how do I start a, a spiritual conversation? once I get someone in my house, maybe you want to do that. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, while you're working through it, maybe you, you need to invite somebody over to your house. Maybe you need to look around this room and be like, there's some people that I need to be hospitable to There's people here that I don't know. Well, maybe there's people you don't like, maybe you're like, I know there's some not angels. Maybe that's the person you want to start with. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Love you guys. We got uh, 10 minutes, so jump in with some other people. Let's talk about how we can grow in hospitality and use it for the mission. Amen.